Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. I want to welcome you to our special series of Money Sense, specifically dedicated to providing valuable information regarding the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. For nearly 30 years, I have been helping listeners learn how to relate many of life's situations to their finances. This pandemic has caused wide-scale disruption in nearly every sector of our lives. No matter your personal situation, we strive to meet you where you are at, both financially and emotionally. Our guests during this series include a futurist, economist, physician, psychologist, as well as local Milwaukee business professionals to get their perspective on how you can apply their insight and expertise to your financial future. This important series will be aired on WISN AM 1130 during our regular Money Sense times, which are Saturdays at 2 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at noon. They will also be available on demand at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. We hope you will find these informative and be sure to share them with your family and your friends. My guest today is Carl Gibbons. He is the president of Third Eye Management, as well as a serial entrepreneur who created and sold four multi-million dollar businesses by the age of 40. He founded Third Eye Management in 1988. He merges timeless principles of success with leading edge technologies to accelerate achievement. He regularly works with clients to achieve growth, build business teams, and recession-proof businesses. And Granted, um, we're not in a recession, but we are surely in a pandemic, pandemic, and there's going to be a lot of impact on businesses. And as a small business owner myself and an entrepreneur, I thought that if we could bring to the forefront some really good ideas and scenarios to help people to take the fear out of what is next. And so, Carl, that is kind of your opening. I welcome you to the show. And maybe you could just uh, talk a little bit about that um, serial entrepreneurship and some of those businesses you started. Well, Karen, thank you for, thank you for asking me. Um, yeah, uh, 31 years I've been doing this particular gig, but before that, uh, as you quite rightly uh, alluded to, uh, I, um, I've had several very successful businesses. I've been blessed in my, uh, in my history. Um, the first one that I had was uh, a very well-known company. It was an international menswear accessory chain called Tyrac. And literally, it was at every international airport in the world. And it did exactly what it says on the label. It sold men's ties. Uh, that, was my, that was my very first business. And I started that. Oh, gosh. Um, early 80s. And um, after that, I rolled all that in and thought, well, if we can do that with a a, um, a men's accessories chain, why can't we do the same for the ladies? So then I developed a company called Flash Trash, um, which was budget priced uh, ladies fashion accessories. And then I built that and that was that if you like, that was my big one. That was the one that allowed me to uh, not worry about my Comcast bill. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then when I sold that, um, I had a company, I had two companies after that, one called Theodore's Bear Emporium, which is in the collectors, the collectibles market. And the other one was called Classic Collections, which the best analogy I can give you, it's like a, a Hallmark gold crown store type shop, uh, cards, gifts, stationery, but all based around character merchandising. 
so that was my history and then um when i stopped i was i was 38 years old and i decided that was it and my life was now just going to be one round of sex drugs and rock and roll and i toured the world and did all the fun stuff and i realized that um i could live without two of those things quite easily and i got bored like crazy and uh in fact uh it was uh, my um, my partner turned around and said, look, you've got to do something. You've either got to start another business or uh, you've got to go and work for somebody. Well, once you become a serial entrepreneur, I'm sure lots of your listeners will relate, uh, you're unemployable. <laughs> so that wasn't an option. <laughs> um, and that's how, first th- that's how Third Eye was created. And uh, Third Eye was created in the UK in the um, uh, 31 years ago. And we've been doing the same thing today as we did when we first started 31 years ago just hopefully i do it a little bit better and that's i work as you said earlier on with small and mid-market businesses and uh, we focus on their uh, revenue uh, their profits and their market share and of course given the current situation that we're in today with the pandemic uh, that's slightly different it's now sustaining those things retaining those things and reducing those things Uh, but we can talk about that a, a little bit later on Can you talk a little bit, Carl, about what you're seeing in the small business and medium-sized business arena? And of course, my big fear is that as I walk down some of my favorite streets in the city of Milwaukee, there's big businesses that have got doors closed that will never open again, which is an impact on me in a personal sense, but on everyone that walks back back there. And every community because it is that entrepreneurial spirit. It are those small businesses that are the heart of our communities. Well, you're absolutely right, Karen. Um, and no, nobody could foresee what was coming. Now, look, the fact is we knew that there was going to be a realignment of the economy because we, everybody knew that was coming. And uh, speaking personally, I have no sympathy with any business owner that didn't and wasn't prepared for that. What we didn't know was coming was the um, the little uh, debacle that we've got going on between Russia and the Saudis resulting in the oil scenario that we've got. I mean, if I'd have said to somebody a few years ago uh, that in 2020, basically, they will be paying you to fill your uh, your car with gas. You would, have had me, you would have had me certified and locked away. And then when you put coronavirus on top of all that, we have almost like this perfect storm. And so uh, it, it has created a, a tremendous amount of challenges. Uh, but look, here's the thing. If you go back in through history, it's entrepreneurs and the owners of small and mid-market businesses that lead us through times of crisis and uh, economic upheavals. It's not government or big business. It's not the big guys. And it's not government. Uh, although at the moment, I think uh, our central government is doing a great job. That's not a political statement. I just think that they've stepped up to the plate. And uh, they're doing a, a great job under difficult circumstances. Because we all know, uh, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't, right? It doesn't matter what what your political persuasion are it's either too big too small not enough too little whatever it is but i I think they under the circumstances they've done they've done a good job uncle sam has stepped up to the plate um so uh the fact the fact is that this is going to be with us for at least the next two years and in fact i want everybody to start thinking in the following cycles i want you to start thinking about the next two months 
I want you to start thinking about the next two quarters and I want you to start thinking about the next two years because those are the cycles that we're going to be working with because this isn't going to go away. I don't care whether they lift the quarantine and stay at home scenarios in whichever state you are today, tomorrow or next week. The, 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 the two month, two quarters, two years is still where your, where your thinking should go. Um, the entrepreneurs out there and business owners that you refer to are they're in a they've got a mindset and your mindset matters it does people your mindset absolutely matters so they they come under one of these three categories they've either frozen i.e we're doing nothing we're batting down the hatches we're freezing we're standing still status quo we'll just we're just going to bluff this way out the next ones are the ones that are flight they're the ones that are freaking out. They're the ones that are laying people off. They're the ones that are, are some of them are even shutting their doors literally right now, uh, trying to offload their business, getting their business. They're frightened. They're in a state of panic. And then there's those that are in the fight mode. Okay. And they're the ones that have come out successful on the other side uh, of this pandemic. They're the ones who are working now and planning for what happens on the other side, because there is going to be another side. We will work our way through it. Remember, go back to the two months, two quarters, two years. Those that are trying to do that now are, are, are absolutely going to be the best place. Now you mentioned the, the high street, um, which is obviously something very close to my heart based on our opening uh, comments. Um, the, the high street has changed forever. This pandemic has been the death knell of both the big department store. They're gone. Forget it. It's all over. And also uh, the, the malls, they're going to change completely as well. Um, some small businesses are not going to make it, but the mom and pop um, the mom and pop now has a huge opportunity. If they can come up with something that is original and go to and give people a, what I call an experience, a retail experience, rather than just taking stuff off the shelf, um, they have a huge opportunity. And I personally believe we're going to see a renaissance of the small mom and pop. I, we're going to take a quick break. And um, my guest today is Carl Gibbons, and he is the president of Third Eye Management, as well as an entrepreneur who has created many businesses. And I've asked him to join us today to take a look at what's happening in our community. And if you have an idea or you have a current business, to look at different ways that you can launch yourself and redirect your efforts and also to recreate who you are and what your business is. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Carl Gibbons, and he is the president of Third Eye Management and has had years and years of experience of not only building businesses for himself, but in helping other people out there who kind of randomly, I believe, started asking you, how can I do this? How did you do this? And Carl thought, I can give back in a way by helping other businesses. And so, Carl, you mentioned earlier, mindset matters. And, um, you know, one of the things that I've discovered with a lot of entrepreneurs that I've talked to, and even with myself, is I never did what I did for money. I made money, and money was an outcome. But my mindset was always to bring something that would be good for everyone. 
And you talked about that in terms do. of doing that. Can you yeah. go a little deeper into that? Sure. That, that, that Karen is what I call your why. That's why you do business. You don't chase the dollar. You chase the reason why you do it. However, and, and that's, that's fantastic. I love it. And that's the only way to succeed. You have to have a why and you have to have a purpose. Um, and on all successful businesses, it doesn't matter what sector they are and where they are. They either meet a need or solve a problem, period, end of story. Um, but we're in, we're in not only challenging times, we're in a unique time. Right, because this has just never happened before. So we have no terms of reference. Okay, we can go back to the 9-11 challenges that we had, and we, we've had a few other ups and downs of the economy, but nothing has ever, we've never experienced anything like this. And you see, the role, the, the reason mindset matters is the role of every CEO, I don't care what business you're in, and I don't care how big it is or how small it is, your original mindset used to be increase revenue, reduce costs, retain market share. Well, now for the last six, eight weeks since we've been in this pandemic, and it's going to be the same again, remember, two months, two quarters, two years, <laughs> right? Um, your goal now has slightly changed. The emphasis has moved. You've now got to sustain your revenue. What are you going to do to keep your revenue? Okay, you, you've got to now look at not just control your costs but reduce your costs and then thirdly not just expand your market share but retain your market share in other words keep what you've got and don't lose anything so those are those are important mindsets that that business owners that are listening um that need to need, need to take on board when i think about the fear that people are having within on their business. Could you just talk a little bit about the importance of the mindset and how that trickles down to employees? Well, it does because every, everybody is now not just looking over the one shoulder, everybody's looking over both shoulders. And I, the best advice I can give any, any business owner and any, whether you're the employer or the employee, total transparency. Don't try and bluff your way through. Don't try and BS your way through. Don't try and kid your way through. Be totally and open and transparent. And, and both parties need to sit down and say, look, here's the situation. Here's what I can do. Here's what I can't do. And if you do that, you will look to retain your people. Now, even if your people have to be furloughed or laid off or whatever term it is that you want to use in the short term, and I do believe it will be short term. I, I, um, I think that, like I said, remember, uh, two months, two quarters, two years. <laughs> but let's look in the short term. The short term is the two months. We are going to be coming out of this uh, relatively uh, soon. And so you want to keep your best people. And so the best way to keep your best people anyway is always to treat them well and treat them respectfully. So do what you can. Now I know there's, there's listeners sitting out there saying, Oh, well, that's easier said than done Gibbons. It's okay for you. Right. I've got, uh, I've got um, wages to pay and, and people to, and people to look after. Well, you know, um, we've got the payment protection program in place. Um, 
uh, Uncle Sam's just added another 310 billion to that. Um, there's the pandemic unemployment assistance. So if you're a, a, a gig worker, you know, a part of the gig economy, you're a solo entrepreneur or you're self-employed, you can look for pandemic unemployment assistance. That's going to give you up to uh, 275 bucks a week. Now, again, you're not going to buy a Ferrari or go on vacation on 275 bucks a week, but it all helps, right? So you need to, both sides need to engage and need to help each other. As far as the, as far as the business owners concerned, look, we've got four R's to recovery. The first one is you need to rethink what do you need to change in your business model? The game has changed. It's never, ever going to go back to how it was. We might reopen, we might restart, but the game has changed. So rethink, what do you need to change in your business model? Uh, the, I'll, I'll give you one that you've got to think of for a start. You've got to have a plan for the future if this ever happens again. So there's, there's one. Number two, you need to retool. We're talking via Zoom. Um, what other tools do you re need to reuse? Um, if any, uh, you, you may have workers that have worked from home. Maybe that's an option for you going forward. Um, but what new tools do you need to re-engage? Okay. Then you need to redirect. What are the priorities you need to focus on to go forward? Right. Not just now, but on the other side. And that will enable you to reboot. So think of it. Rethink, retool, redirect, reboot. And reboot. When you talk about reboot, um, what can a business owner do right now as they're trying to inventory what they should do? Um, what is the first step? I know you're talking to people all the time and someone that's in fear that's listening to you or is just trying to figure out how to retool or how to do all those things. It can be overwhelming. Okay. Well, we've got some immediate challenges, right? We need to look at our operating capital. What's our cash in the bank? What's our accounts receivable? What's our inventory looking like? And then what about our deferred revenue, our monthly reoccurring revenue and our annual reoccurring revenue? So let's, let's look at those immediately. And what do we have to do to get those fixed? Inventory, I'm going to uh, address that now immediately. In Q4, which I'll come on to a little bit later, we are going to have a huge increase in demand and a shortage of supply. Why is that going to be? Well, quite simple, just like most of the business owners listening to this or many of them, um, you've all been at home or you've been shut down or you, you haven't been able to produce. And so you haven't been able to meet your production capabilities and neither of the people that supply you. So it's, it's that domino effect, right? So there is going to be a huge shortage but there is going to be a massive pent-up demand, which is going to lead to an increase in prices. So look at your supply chain now. Do not wait. Speak to your vendors and, and speak to your customers and say, look, what, what trigger are you going to pull? And we immediately get out of it because I need to make sure that I've got my people to supply with all my raw materials, goods, services to enable them, to enable me, to enable you. All right. It's that domino effect. All right. So then we need to move on. Um, you need to look at uh, all of your asset capital, real estate, equipment and machinery. How can you leverage that? Um, we need to look at our reserve capital. 
lines of credit and cash reserve. You need to have lines of credit in place. I, I fear if you don't have one in place now, you may be too late, but you should have had a line of credit in place to help you to uh, help you um, move this forward. Um, you need to start looking at refinancing any loans you have. And now is a good time. If you've got any debt whatsoever, everybody's more than aware. All the financing houses are more than aware of the challenge. So actually, guys, there's some good deals to be done out there now. But don't tell anybody that I told you. All right? All right? Uh, so get out there and make sure as well, we talked about maintaining your market share. And, and what are you going to do about sales? Well, actually, now's a great opportunity. You can buy market share because you can buy sales. So what about the, 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 the guys that are not going to make it? What about the guys that are actually have just given up? Look, I, I, I've been through 9-11. I've been through this. I've been through the last recession in 2007. I'm, I'm done. I want out. Well, maybe they want to sell. Maybe you can buy their business. Maybe you can buy their book of business. But if you do, um, you, you want to uh, immediately look at um, uh, a 60% discount. And you're looking at uh, after repair valuation. What do I mean by that? Well, let's assume they want 100000 for the business. You sit down at the table and you start at 40000 And then you say, what's it going to cost me to repair this business? Fix it, get it back on scale, get it back right. And that's your after repair valuation. So you can actually buy market share. All right. So that, that's something else that, that can do. Um, when it comes to operations, you need to rethink how you do it. I'm suggesting to all my, my clients, and I would highly recommend your listeners do the same thing, staff to the valleys and subcontract to the peaks. Everybody's used to the gig economy now. Everybody's used to working at home. We're going to see a huge uh, deluge of office space come to the market in the next few months. Um, but staff to the valleys, keep it lean and mean and subcontract to the peaks. That's a good we're going we're gonna to take a, a quick break, Carl. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit about that entrepreneur, that business owner. And I know myself that when I was looking at my daughter taking over my business for me, it was like, oh my gosh, I don't want anybody to change my baby's clothes. I mean, <laughs> you know, I've always, this is my baby. But also I was wearing all the hats. I was doing everything. So let's talk. And you, you said a little bit earlier, once you're an entrepreneur, you're no longer employable. So let's take a break and let's see what that means. You got it. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Carl Gibbons, and we have been having a wonderful discussion on what you can do if you currently own your own business. And if you're looking at what's next, if you're thinking of starting a business, if you're thinking of getting out of a business, if you said, I've had enough. And our last, um, our last conversation was all about, you know, having a mindset and talking about being an entrepreneur. And Carl had said, once you're an entrepreneur, you're not any longer employable. And I absolutely could agree with that. But I also know that you know, nobody wants anyone to change their baby's clothes. We wear all the hats. Sometimes it's so difficult to let go. And if we don't let go, we don't go. What do you you're, think, Carl? <laughs> uh, you're, you're absolutely right. You can't put your baby up for adoption and then have a say in how they're brought up. It just doesn't work <laughs> like that, right? That's right. So 
so most entrepreneurs, especially the small ones, right? They're the chief of everything officer. They're not the chief executive officer. They're the chief of everything officer. All right. Which what I mean by that is they have to do everything, right? There's nobody, there are no Xerox fairies that fill up the, the photocopy machine. Uh, they have to, you know, go out and get the paper. They have to do everything. They have to do the sales, the marketing, uh, the accounting, the, the administration, they have to do everything. Um, and uh, again, you've got to learn if you want to grow and sustain your business, how to quit that. You've got to learn how to quit to get rich because you need to surround yourself with people that play at what you have to work at. So uh, for a, I'll, I'll give you a great example. My CFO, Tom Matthews, couldn't, couldn't live, couldn't work without him. Uh, I've sat in a room with that guy and he's had three laptops on the go doing the most complex um, uh, Excel spreadsheets, all with numbers. When you look into Tom's eyes, it's like looking at that scene from the, um, uh, what's that movie? Uh, I've, I've, I've had a senior moment there. What, what, what's the movie? Uh, doesn't matter. And all the numbers fall down. You know, what's that movie where all the numbers fall down? and, and trickle down? <laughs> Anyway, um, uh, and uh, that's what it's like when you look into Tom's eyes. And he's working on all of these very, very complex, uh, these very, very complex uh, calculations and he does it in minutes it would i'm a pecker it would take me hours to, to do what he can do in minutes and that's why i keep him and that's why i have him around um uh so you need to uh you the matrix there you go i knew it yes, the matrix. see it's still there i've still got it i've still <laughs> got it all right um so you need you need to think like that now given the current uh, cash situation that we've got well maybe there's a barter opportunity <laughs> maybe you can barter your products goods or services with somebody else who can help you now this is a whole uh this is a whole brand new rabbit hole we're going to go down here and and i just want to start off by saying there is a golden rule if you're looking at bartering and there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever but the the number one rule is both parties need to establish the exchange rate What's the value of the currency? What's the exchange rate? Okay, because often what happens in a bartering situation is I will say to somebody, will you build me a website? And then they say, yeah, I'll do that. And then I'll say, well, will you help me with something? And I'll say, yes, I'll do that. And then I give them a 57-page website with online shopping. And the reality is it's a, it's a 20 grand, 50 grand website. And really what they're having from me is probably three, four or five grand's worth of work. And that's when the problems start. So you need to establish what the currency is. So in essence, what you need to say is I will give you X dollars worth of my products, goods and services. You need to give me the same x dollars worth of products goods and services and if that's if that's a good exchange if that's a good barter for you then there's nothing wrong with it in the current in the current climate at all absolutely nothing wrong at all with carol you mentioned that in the bartering situation you have to have a fair exchange and that all boils down to communication can you talk about the importance of communication in business i, I i'm a big believer in total transparency my, my clients can ask me anything and I tell them right at the outset, I can ask you anything. And as soon as they say, no, you can't, I, I don't even engage with them. That's it, period. Um, it, it is a challenge and, and it's one of those things that you do have to get used to. 
but honesty and transparency is always the best policy because you don't know what you don't know. And how can you help somebody? It doesn't matter which way this help is going. You could be helping me. I could be helping you. But unless I'm in full possession of all the facts and you are in full possession of all the facts, neither of us are of any use to each other, right? Because we're both working with one hand behind our back. And, th and that's just not a good place to be. Total, trans total transparency is the key to success. People usually don't communicate things to people because they're in fear. Uh, fear is <laughs> fear is worse than the pandemic. I'm telling you, fear is worse than the pandemic. Stop being frightened. There's no need. When I look at the things that you're talking about, and um, I look at the overall picture. I think about some of those businesses that probably won't open, just as you said, for a whole variety of reasons. And a lot of things that happen then are shame and fear and a major impact on families. How does someone in your experience deal with a failed business? Can you give some suggestions that someone isn't shooting themselves in their foot because they think they're a failure? Um, that's not really the case. Well, you're not a failure. Absolutely not a failure. You just found out a way not to do it. And I think it was, it was, uh, uh, was it Einstein that said that or something like that? Um, it's, there is no, there is no failure. There's no shame in failure. At least you, at least you tried it and you've learned what went wrong or you should have done. And now I'll give you a one day pity party. I'll let you have a pity party for one day. That's okay. That's fine. We all need to cry every so often and feel sorry for ourselves. We've done it more times than um, more times than I can remember. But then you just got to get up, dust yourself off, and as Fred Astaire says, start all over again. Right? You just got to you just got to get back in the saddle and get back on with it and start again. There is nothing wrong, and and people respect that and people understand that. When you talked a little bit earlier about must make moves, um, could you just lay out the type of format that you work with? Um, when you work with a client? Sure. Um, I, I, I ask them some very fundamental questions and, and that is why, why do you do what you do and why should anybody care? And, and once I can, once I've got that on the table, uh, then, then all the roads, all the roads open up. Then we can go down all, all the other, all the other roads, and and often it brings us back to this transparency and openness. I, I meet uh, back in the days when I was let out. <laughs> uh, I, I would meet with anybody anywhere for a couple of hours of, with without any obligation whatsoever, and uh, and and we would just we would talk about their business, and I do the same now for an hour via Zoom. And uh, uh, basically, we explore what your challenges are. And I, my rules are very simple. It's that I, I only deal with a business owner. Um, no, no topic is off the table. And the reason that I say that is very simple. And the reason that I always allow an hour plus is because there has to be, we have to build that little bit of relationship at first, you know, because everybody I meet starts off with everything's great. Everything's fantastic. And I say, well, why are you talking to me then? Uh, and then we need to sort of start to dig deep. And um, I, I'm very good at pushing buttons. <laughs> 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 I, I, I can make, uh, I, I do ask the right questions. 
And so sometimes people get a little bit uncomfortable with that. And, well, and that, I, I and that's think... why we have to have that little sort of little warm up period, right? You know, that 15, 20 minutes of what do you do and how do you do it? And what do your kids do and all that kind of stuff? Well, I think you've also learned how to determine what the elephant in the room is sure. and to hear what's not being said. Absolutely. And that's always the point. You see, what I do in that conversation, I, I, I take the client on a what I call a hot air balloon ride over their business. I lift the roof off their, their business. We fly over it and we look down and I say, tell me what you see. And I go around all the eight uh, segments of their business, you know, sales, marketing, human resource, intellectual property, um, the technology, et cetera, et cetera. The ones that they are all animated about and get very excited about and talk a lot about, that's what they're good at. The ones that they cough, splutter and avoid and want to move on <laughs> to the next subject. That's where the pain is. That's where I know we've got to focus. So when I say, what were your sales for last month or last year? Uh, yeah, they were really good. But look at this. I've just developed this new product. It's going to be fantastic. And I said, well, yeah, well, we'll come on to that in a minute. Tell me about your sales for last year and your gross profit. Yeah, no, they're, they're all fine. But look at this. It's all shiny and new and it's great and we can bring it to market. I know they haven't got a clue what their sales are and I know they don't have a clue at what their marketing is, what their gross profit is. That is so interesting. And I think um, we all have the things that we love to do and the things that we don't love to do in a business and being able to, I think, what did you call it? Being able to. You need to engage with somebody who, who plays at what you have to work at. Oh, I love that. And on that note, I think we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. My guest today is Carl Gibbons, and he is the president of Third Eye Management. And if you would like to contact him, you can go to thirdeyemanagement.com. His phone number also is 239-961-0927, or you can email him at carl at thirdeyemanagement.com, and that's Carl with a K at thirdeyemanagement.com. And I will give that out to you later, but you can always call our office if you need that information and we can pass that on to you. Carl, what, what is this next, um, what, what do things look like? What, oh. what is your crystal, what is, I said to someone the other day, what does your crystal ball look like? And they said a bowling ball. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I hear you. All right, everybody, sit down, strap in, here we go. Um, here's my forecast for 2020. Q2, I've got no good news for you. It's going to be rough. It's going to be tough. So you've got to do all the things that we spoke about earlier in the show, and I've got a few more hints and tips, hopefully, that Karen will let me share with you as we get towards the end. Q3, we are going to see a flattening of the curve. Um, we are going to see a slow return to work. Uh, there are various governors throughout the country now that are saying, look, we're going to slowly open up. I think the goods economy, which is 40% of the economy, that's going to be the first to come back. Goods. Then services. And I'm going to break services, which is 60% of the economy, down into some sectors. So normal service-based businesses, the plumber, the carpenter, uh, those sort of services, they're going to come back reasonably quickly. Non-essential services um, are going to come back slowly. And that's... 15% of the economy and of that 30, 15 of that 30%, stay with me. So anything that is social, interactive or mass gathering orientated 
restaurants, theme parks, cinemas, they're going to be the last to come out of the other side. Now, when we get to Q4, I'm predicting full recovery, bounce back will begin. We'll all, we won't be back where we were, but we will all be back at work. But warning, there is and there will be pent-up demand across the board, coupled with a shortage of supply in Q4 that I referred to earlier. So you need to review your supply chain right now. Um, regarding the unemployment scenario, uh, we've gone from virtually zero to 26 million in six weeks. Um, that will self-adjust itself. I don't think we're going to have a an inverted V, so it's not going to come up and it's not going to drop dramatically. I think 20, uh, 2021, it's going to hover around the 14% mark. Um, and I, I think this whole thing, this whole covid 19 thing is going to be with us for at least the next two years in terms of its ongoing its ongoing impact um so that's how i see uh 2020 and 21 but i think what i'd like to do is i'd like to share some things that with your listeners that they can be doing like right now to start to generate stuff and to start moving forward Would, would that be good do you think karen i think that would be wonderful Okay, so let's look at your marketing. Start, hold, start holding town hall meetings. Start inviting your customers. Start inviting your, your vendors and hold town hall meetings. Let people know what you're doing, what's happening, what you've got exciting in the pipeline coming forward because you've all been developing all this stuff in this, in, in this what we're going to refer to as downtime, right? Because you're going to have no excuse when you come out the other side. You know when you have that meeting and you've said it, Karen, Oh, if I only had another hour in a day, I could get around to doing that. When I've got time, I'm going to get around to doing that. Well, you've got that time now, and there's going to be no excuse. So get it done now. Okay? Start marketing on remote working tips. Start working with your personnel of how they can work at home. How can they be more effective? Train, train, and train again. Uh, Start doing uh, little videos about what you do and how you do it not only for external consumption, but internal consumption, all right? And when it comes to social media, be, ever, be aware, totally, we don't want autoresponders and evergreen content. Everything now has to be timely, not timeless. And then what I want you to do is I want you to make six moves. Add those to the four at the top. I want you to review your promise. What promise do you make? to your clients and to your vendors. Review that promise. Do you have a promise even if you don't get one? All right. But review the promise that you make to your, uh, to your, not only your clients, but also to your vendors and to your staff. All right. I want you to identify if you haven't already done so. And then I want you to leverage what makes you different. Okay. What's your unique zebra stripe? Because when there's a herd of zebra, they're all black and white, right? Nobody's looking at listening to the one zebra, but if one of them had purple stripes or multicolored stripes, they'd stand out. They'd stand out from the herd. You need to leverage what makes you stand out from the herd. Okay. You've got to start looking at flexible consumption, right? How can you engage with your people, with your customers to give them flexible consumption, buy a bit at a time, pay for it a piece at a time. Get, let them engage with it 
a little bit at a time. Don't expect them to come rushing your back and wanting to buy it all. I want you to take this opportunity to repurpose your message. When was the last time you gave your website, your social media, a complete overhaul? People are now looking for keywords. They're looking for comfort. They're looking for experts. Okay, so make sure you're using the right terminology. So repurpose your message. Then I want you to start JVing around, right? Joint ventures around. Who can you collaborate with and who can you work with to help your business grow? I'm not talking about giving somebody your customer list or them giving you their customer list, but maybe they can mention you as a part of their marketing campaign. And likewise, you can reciprocate and mention them in a part of uh, your marketing campaign. So you form like a joint venture. Think of the airlines, they're masters at it, right? They all have these credit cards and these clubs that every that they, they bring in added value for their customers. So if I have an American Express card, I can have access to this club and this lounge and get a discount off these products, goods and services. Can you do the same thing uh, within your business? If not, have a think about it. The last one is, can you make an obnoxious offer? Can you, can you say something that is so bold, so in your face that it will stop everybody in their tracks and make them look at you and engage with you? Think about that. An obnoxious offer. You don't even have to deliver it. It just has to be so bold, so obnoxious, so crazy and out there, it will just make everybody stop and look at you and come to you. And that's the way you're going to generate people that are going to be attracted to you. Because you've, Karen, you've got to be visible now or you're going to be invisible later. If you're not visible now, you will be invisible later. So it's really important that you, you get up and you stand up and you fight and you go out there. Could you take, we only have a few minutes left. Could you talk a little bit about giving back and the importance of that just in your daily life and how you feel about yourself. And there's so many different ways of giving, of giving back. And um, one of the things is just within your employees and building them up. I always say, when you lift others, you lift yourself. Absolutely. I believe it is the moral obligation of every entrepreneur to give back period. End of story. And you can give back in many ways. You can give back time, you can give, uh, um, i.e. you can donate your time. You can donate your talent and expertise. And you can also, obviously you can donate your treasure, your money. All right. Now, I'm, I'm, it's not unreasonable to say probably the latter is in short supply at the moment, right? But you can, you can certainly donate your time and your talent. And I think and it, it does come back and pay you. What, what you give out, you will get back. You will. We have seen many restaurants around our community and around the country and the world actually giving meals and preparing meals and giving them to first responders and yeah. giving meals out to people who don't have money right now and haven't yeah. gotten those checks. There's many ways that you can do it. Sure there is. And we need to remember those people that did all of that and make sure that we repay back when things get back online again. So let's make sure we go and eat in those restaurants and that we order takeaway from those restaurants. Okay. And let's make sure we don't forget our first responders when this is all over because they're still going to be there. Right. Yes, absolutely. My guest today is Carl Gibbons. And if you would like to reach out to him, you can do that by going to third eye management.com, his webpage or two, three, nine, nine, six, one, 
1-800-273-0927, or you can email him directly at carl at thirdeyemanagement.com. Carl, this has been such a great interview. I know that we will ask you to come back after all this is done and, and see what's sort of unfolded. As a very pleasant surprise, I'm sure. I've enjoyed every second of it. Thank you. And I'd be delighted to come back. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in to our COVID-19 edition of Money Sense. Our goal is to provide valuable information so that you can feel more confident in your financial decisions. You can listen to this show and any that you may have missed at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. To discuss these topics and more with one of our wealth advisors, call us at 262-691-3200 or visit ellenbecker.com for a complimentary consultation.